Oh my god, that's so cute. You did your coat well done. And they're like, they end up being patronizing. So it's like, it's getting that balance of like, yeah, it's a milestone, but respect that I'm 29 years old. Hi, I'm Brooke Melhouse. Welcome to Disabled and Proud, the podcast that does exactly what it says on the tin. Each week, the show highlights an awesome disabled guest speaking about their own disability why they're proud to be disabled and why they're proud to be themselves. Good afternoon, Gem. How are you? Welcome to Disabled and Proud. Thank you very much. Good afternoon to you too. I am very good. Glad to be here. Oh, thank you so much for coming on the pod. I'm really looking forward to this chat because I think you've got a lot to say and I think it's going to be really, really fun and interesting. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it will be. So the first question that I ask every single guest on the pod is, how do you refer to your disability? Yes, that's a great first question. Um, So I typically say that I'm a wheelchair user. Um, I'm three foot one, just to give a bit of context for the listeners. Uh, Blonde hair, wheelchair user, and I have a rare genetic condition called brittle bones mm-hmm. um that's that's kind of the the tagline that I use yeah. um but I'm sure in this sort of chat that we have um I'm sort of a bit I don't sort of go around being like oh I've got brittle bones to everyone yeah um so I suppose I in in an everyday stranger chat I'd say I'm a wheelchair user that's three foot one yeah and is there one. any particular reason as to why you don't say that or is it just like one of those things that it doesn't really matter like, I'm quite yeah I'm quite precious about my medical stuff like yeah, of course I think because people you know I'm sure you've had guests on as well that people kind of just expect you to bear all in terms of medical stuff I'm like sometimes I don't want to be sort of a medical case I don't want to be like people to be intrigued or you know like ooh, wow what's that obviously in this conversation we're talking about disability and I very much expect that conversation so I'm not going to be like ah Brooke as if you asked me that (laughs) um but yeah I mean every day I'm I'm just very I've gone from being really shy as a child to Uh very confident and very secure in what my my information is and what strangers have a right to know and what they don't have a right to know so yeah yeah that's a really long answer to that question no but I think that's really brilliant because you're so right in saying that you know your medical information is not to be laid bare for somebody else's entertainment purposes yeah and it's not you know like if it's information that you want to share then you know it will be it for you to share it but you shouldn't have to feel like you have to explain any medical like you know information to anybody and like you said like it can be very private I mean I know that there's a lot of people who don't talk about any of their medical conditions because to them it is so private and it is private information yeah it's you've really got to have I mean it depends on the person and obviously the disability community is so wide and varied you know we can never speak for each other we can just speak for ourselves but it's a very you know my my disability has a lot of pain around it physical pain so you know sort of for context I've broken over 300 bones in my life so yeah so that has a lot of pain around it so when people say so what happened to you you know strangers will literally come up to me and be like be like what happened to you then 
you don't want to be like, oh, well, in 1993, this, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like people don't realize the heaviness of that question when they ask it. Um, So, yeah, I think that's why I've become a bit of a a protector for myself. And, you know, my parents have definitely taught me that along the way. And I think what you said just then is absolutely perfect is that the disabled community is so varied Mm. even though we're given this whole like umbrella context like not context we're given an umbrella term but it's so varied that we can never actually speak for each other we can only ever speak for ourselves yeah yeah definitely as a you know an advocate myself I am really wary now as I get older about even the stuff that I think like you know when you're young and you're like yeah, I'm disabled and literally disabled and proud. And like, I'm so happy as I am. And then, you know, as I got older, I met different people and was like, oh, like there's some situations where it's not like that. And I have to give grace to that, that that everyone's had a different journey. And, you know, so I've learned so much as I've, I've got older that just because I'm happy and comfortable, not everyone is. That rings so like I cannot tell you how true that rings for me because I've always been incredibly confident in my disability. I've never shied away from it. I've always spoken about it. And it wasn't until maybe the past maybe three, four years Mm. made me realize that actually not everybody has that experience with disability. And actually for some people it can, you know, it can be quite traumatic. It can be a burden for them. But, you know, part and parcel of what I want to do with this podcast is to make people not make people, but uh, if people felt uncomfortable. They, they, they can be proud, even though they hate their disability, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. There's so many layers. A disabled person. But you can also like really not enjoy a, a being like having a disability. Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I've not always been this way. When I was younger, if someone said disabled, I'd be like, oh, you know, my toes would curl and I'd be like, <laughs> as if you just call me disabled. Like, <laughs> so it's not like I just, you know, popped out of my mom and I was like, I'm disabled. But yeah. It's such a, yeah, it's a massive journey, as cringe as it sounds. And, um, I, I, you know, I'm, the disability identity came, I would say, about 18 years old. But that was when I really identified. Did you Did you always sort of feel yeah, that way? Yeah, I always, I've always, like, known that I was disabled. Yeah. I think because, obviously, the disability, like, in, in especially in the UK, and I'm pretty sure it's global as well, but the yeah. obviously the symbol for disability is a wheelchair, yeah and because I'm not a wheelchair user I never mm-hmm. really fully identified with that so I was like I am disabled but I'm not that type of disabled and I don't really understand and I didn't really understand like where my place in the disabled community was yeah because you know when you, I think when you first start to think about disability it's almost like am I disabled enough to be in yeah. this community because yeah. you know for me I'm only really missing a limb but mm-hmm. actually that is quite a big thing but when you're like you know just thinking about using the word disabled and, and entering in the community and being happy and it, it's quite a can be quite jarring because you're like oh like am yeah. I disabled enough to be here but then what is what is disabled enough and, and where does that stand and it's a lot to do with society but I've always been very like comfortable and confident in the fact that I am disabled and that I was I wasn't like everybody else and yeah. I, I probably quite enjoyed that actually because I'm, <laughs> I'm, quite, I'm quite like that anyway so yeah. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I think to me, it's a feeling like you, if you feel disabled, you are. There's no 
no no one can tell you that you're not yeah exactly and this actually goes really nicely into my next kind of question is that how has your disability impacted like your career and what kind of career paths you chose and what you went down and what you were almost like you thought that you would be able to explore or not necessarily able to explore and were there barriers to entry to any of those things yeah so working for me was like such a big thing in my family like I don't know like we've always been grown up with the idea that you you get older you get a job you work hard and you know you pay your way blah 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 and I was really excited to get a job but there was always I'd say like 70% of my brain I was like but how is that gonna work I couldn't I couldn't fathom how you know I went to a mainstream school um I had uh, what I called at the time carers which I would now call PAs um you know I had carers who would literally open doors for me get my books out of my bag you know they did every physical thing that I would need so the world of work I was just like it it was so ableist in my head because I hadn't I didn't really sort of logistically know how it would work I'm just trying to set the scene for you of how (laughs) I felt and then we'll go on to what happens um so yeah I was just like how am I gonna you know like how are you gonna get into the bill I couldn't figure out like how am I gonna get to work how am I gonna go into the building how am I gonna go to the toilet how am I then gonna be seen as a professional when Mm -hmm. I need so much care but I wish I could have talked to myself at that time now I'm just the right you'll be fine don't worry about it so I had all those feelings going on and the only job I could think, I was like, what job could I do where it's not physical and, you know, I can just do it? And I always, I set my mind to um, being a radio presenter I because I was like, so yeah, I could just go in, speak for, you know, however long I needed to speak. So I, I kind of set myself up that I was going to be in media and I was going to be a radio presenter. Um, but, yeah, as I got older, I think for me as a disabled person it sounds so cliche but every little milestone was such a big moment so you know the first time I opened a door for the first time yeah first time I opened the door I was like yes I can open a door that me you know and all those little bricks then gave me the confidence to think maybe I don't have to be on the radio maybe I could yeah do something else and basically it's cut a long story short um, I still went into media and I just kind of broadened my horizons and slowly went into um, equality in the end, which is a bit of a of a jump, which we can talk about if you want. But Yeah, I mean, so it's really interesting that you said that every milestone almost like gave you like more and more confidence because in terms of the brain, this is like, this is a bit of factual information for anyone who wants to like take it on board. Okay. Is that when you decide what is a win your brain doesn't actually chemically understand whether it's a big win or a small win it just knows that it's a win so regardless of what you've done so whether it be like like you said open a door for the first time and won the lottery your brain doesn't actually know the difference between the two things they just know that both of them are a win and so it releases the same chemicals each time so the idea of like setting yourself wins and what your goals are 
is so important because actually like your brain genuinely doesn't know the difference between whether you've won a million pounds or one pound it just knows that it's a win and it feels good so I find that so interesting because it's like that it makes so much sense that you were literally giving yourself the confidence to go out there and go further and pursue like what you wanted more and more and more yeah yeah because people see me as like happy-go-lucky and always positive and you know there are definitely times when I'm not like that but yeah of course I think because those milestones just meant so much to me and I I was literally euphoric when I did something new you know I've always said the story about I remember tying my first coat up for the first like zipping my first coat and yeah stuff like that and it means so much that like you just realize what what's important to you and I'm not saying to anyone else you know think yourself lucky well because that's not the point you know we've all got those milestones whatever they are yeah you know different perspectives it might be that you want to do a five mile run instead of a two mile run. I don't know what you <laughs> runners do but yeah it's just it feels amazing and it's it's so funny that you say like it was zipping your coat up was it because for me it was tying my shoelace was it I yeah you'd never how like I I didn't ever bear in mind like when I was you know like five four five like YouTube wasn't a thing videos to see on social media were not a thing so like I had never seen or even heard of anybody who only had one hand tying a shoelace up unless it was in when I went to go and see my occupational therapist and they were trying to teach me some backwards way and they had two hands and I had one and it was just never going to work out and so I know exactly what you mean because when I've tied my tied my first shoelace I was literally euphoric and I was like oh my goodness like I'll be able to do anything and like the first time I rode a bike I think I was like oh my god like I can do it like it's amazing and I think you know when you are a disabled person and these milestones may seem so menial to people who are able-bodied but to us Mm -hmm. they mean the absolute world because you don't necessarily get to see other people like yourself doing this and being happy about it yeah yeah and I just to add to that as well, I wrote a blog about this and how I don't know if you can relate, but it's really hard to get that balance of so we're euphoric, obviously, aren't we? Yeah. And I don't know if you get this, but when I share that with non-disabled people that aren't like, you know, in the group, you've got your trusted mates and then you've yeah. got, you know, your your acquaintances, let's say. And then they'll go, oh, my God, that's so cute. You did your coat. Well done. And they're like, they end up being patronising. So it's like, it's getting that balance of like, yeah, it's a milestone, but respect that I'm 29 years old and it means a lot that I've done this. You know, I didn't zip my first coat at 29, but you know what I mean? Like, (laughs) And if you had, it still would have been a freaking milestone. I'm still doing things now, like at this age that's new. But yeah, it's weird. It's like, I want you to congratulate me, but I don't want you to pat me on the head. Yeah, and and there's such a big difference between patting someone on the back for doing a good job and patting someone on the head because you're being patronising about it. And I would completely agree with you on that point yeah because I think there there is a there is a big difference between being like congratulations you smashed it and like oh like well done yeah like oh you tied your shoelace Brooke well done <laughs> you're like oh, <laughs> <laughs> just for the listeners I'm sticking to up <laughs> <laughs> and so when you were younger mm-hmm. 
and you were thinking about obviously going into media and stuff did you have anybody that you turned to for advice with that or was it just like one of those situations where you just thought this is going to be the direction for me because this is what I feel like I'm going to be limited to in my like when I grow up yeah honestly I can't I mean I feel bad if there's anyone listening that was but I don't think there was I can't remember anyone honestly my parents I don't know my mum's she's dropping some shopping off so I'm gonna give her a compliment and she can listen in um we love this. <laughs> she's getting the exclusive um my parents have been my biggest cheerleaders really in terms of you know I would come in and say like out of our family I'm the extrovert which is quite ironic when you know if you'd line us up you would probably think that I'm the introvert um but I'm the only one that's like quite loud and labradorish and um you know I'd come home and be like I'm gonna go to a channel four event next week so can you drop me off in Sheffield and they'd be like oh yes yeah absolutely (laughs) fine so yeah I think they were just like eager for me to pursue what I wanted they, you know even if they didn't know quite how it would work we'd talk about the barriers together and be like right we're going to go to this place as it got a toilet you know and they'd help me through the the hard bit so that I could just concentrate on the actual stuff that I wanted to do and that's that's like my parents my parents are also my biggest cheerleaders yeah and I wonder so did your parents know before you were born that you were going to be um that you had like brittle bones or did they not have a clue well so the story is that my parents were told I was going to be in quotes a little lady (laughs) which is so wild right I obviously technology has got so much better now that they would be told a lot more than that um, so they went, they told us I was going to be a little lady and my nana, my mum's mum, was a small woman as in she was like, I think like five foot. So mum was like, oh, yeah, you know, I've got, I've got a small family, don't, like that's fine. So when they said little lady, they didn't think like like a small person, yeah. thought, you know, a short person. Um, and that was it. And... I think as soon as I was born, as soon as I was born, then they obviously realised I was born with uh, a three in each arm, three in each leg, but broken bones. So like, oh my goodness. I think maybe, I don't know if my mum's in, but like 15-ish broken bones. So they knew as soon as I was born that I had something um, and I had to have a lot of care when I was born, you know, in ICU. Is it at NICU? Yeah, Nick, you for me. Yeah. So, yeah, and it was a roller coaster for them because they'd never known any disabled person before. Um, so they were just learning all about it as yeah. as I arrived. And that's the reason I ask is my parents didn't know either. Right. And so, like, I literally came out of the womb with no hand and they had no idea. Yeah. And so, God love my dad. He is like the softest shit in the entire world. I love his pieces. <laughs> like big six foot four kind of guy but like absolute marshmallow yeah and he he he, obviously he had no idea what to do and he basically I think he just couldn't stop crying for like two days because he obviously this was never ever in their scope of what was gonna you know what child was gonna be when when I was born and I think it's so interesting that we're roughly around about the same age Mm. and a lot of people in our generation didn't necessarily know that that they were going to be like born quote unquote disabled and it's interesting because I think because of that 
like I definitely know that because of that my parents are my absolute biggest champions yeah and they they will like fight hardcore for me and I'm sure you know all parents do that as well but there's something very particular about having a disabled child mm. and, like, and like being like a fighter yeah they're like because I know my mum and both of my parents actually are like Rottweilers if something happened yeah especially yeah. when I was younger and it was like you know if I ever said on the playground like oh so someone made me feel awkward they'd be like what <laughs> yeah. oh let's go sort it out now <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. like marching down to like the headmistress's office being like you are disgrace and I'm like oh god <laughs> yeah yeah has that interestingly because I have the same has that impacted you as an adult do you think um I think I'm a i am I f- I'm quite fierce in what I believe and what I say and like I yeah never, and I'm always I'm always it's interesting I'm always told by like friends and family that I'm actually very very honest to the point where mm-hmm. sometimes it can be a little bit of a detriment and yeah. I think it's because I've had to almost fight for the things that I've wanted that would make my life a bit easier yeah and like almost prove like especially like school settings university settings mm. I've had to really like raise oh sorry my voice is going I've had to really raise my voice and make a bit of a kick mm. kick up a fuss about what I wanted and what I needed yeah that actually that's kind of just translated into my life yeah yeah and so I think that's that's probably where I've got quite a lot of like my tenacity from but yeah what about you is has it shown up for you in like later life yeah, well, a bit of both. Like, I've got that. I've definitely got that streak where I go almost a bit like, like, really, you know, if someone's being a bit um, ableist, I'll go into my proper Yorkshire, like, yeah, what are you doing? You know, like, I'll protect myself and I'll become this chihuahua that I just didn't even realise was in me. But then also, I would say I had really, like, chronic uh, anxiety in my teen years really yeah and I think because I had so much fuss like not not intentionally but you know all my teachers would constantly ask if I was okay and what did I need and if I broke a bone it would all be like dramatic and stuff like that so I think that's impacted me in terms of I still get a bit like ooh about if anyone's giving me a bit too much special treatment well special treatment in quotes I do get a bit weirded out and it reminds me of my school days it's interesting you say that because sometimes I sometimes feel like if don't get me wrong I absolutely love attention I am that person I'm an extrovert (laughs) like I love being around people I love like parties I love that type of situation yeah but if I feel like someone's giving me some form of special treatment a bit too intensely I'm a bit like oh yeah it makes me clam up a bit Mm. and I think actually it's probably similar to that where people have almost been like overcompensatory with yeah. advice and, and the things that they've given me in like younger years. Cause I've been a bit like, I don't actually fully need this, but yeah. you clearly think that I need it and mm. I'm, I'm not big enough to say piss off. Yeah. Yeah. Which now hopefully we do a bit more, but still it's there and it? you feel it. Yeah. But I'm definitely like, I'm, I'm a lot louder yeah I've always to be fair I've always been really loud I'm like <laughs> I'm a really loud person <laughs> I think me and you could be great friends I mean we are friends let's face it but I always could have a wild night best friends I'm not gonna lie I think we could be like the same person <laughs> shall we just like go on a night out and have a great time uh agreed agreed okay good. yeah <laughs> after this we'll we'll sort some out yeah so with all of this and obviously you know you've been through school you've decided your career path 
you ended up, you know, activism and talking about inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Would you say that going through all of this and especially, you know, as you just mentioned, having a bit of anxiety, would you say that you have a, learned a positive attribute about yourself after going through all of this? In term, in what way? Like, so is there something within you? So like, I always say that my disabilities may be incredibly tenacious. Yeah. And yeah. like, I always go after something that I want. And if I fall flat on my face and I've, I've fallen flat on my face. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I wonder if that is, and the reason I ask is because I wonder, is it like a trait with disabled people or is it like just me being an extrovert? And, I, and I, yeah. I'm always interested in to know what the answer is. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think I personally for me, if I wasn't disabled, I don't and I don't want to toot my own harm, but we're going to do it. Do it. Um, I think I am a great communicator and I don't know if I would have been if I wasn't disabled because I think like you just said you have to you do have to like fight for yourself a lot just for the the basics first of all um I have to read people quite intensely to you know I'm always looking around me to see if I'm safe you know if I see a group of men that I think oh I'm not sure about this I'll I'll go another way and you know there's so many times where I've had to really think about my communication. Yeah. And I don't think I would have to use that skill as much if I wasn't disabled. Yeah, and I think that's that's very, very true about communication. Mm. And like mm. it ties into what I was saying earlier about kicking up a fuss. But again, what you were saying is that you actually have to read, like you have to read people well to be able to communicate with them. And I think it's a really special skill to have. Yeah. And especially yeah. as you were like you were going to go into radio and you've ended up in especially considering you've ended up in like inclusivity and activism like that's like they're the two perfect things that you want right being a loud yeah. mouth but also being able to communicate really well yeah I mean it is a nice um little package that I've got going on it's you know because not everybody reacts to inclusivity mm-hmm. in the way that we want so you know, as as you probably know, some people get defensive, some people get awkward, some people get outright like aggressive that we dare ask for oh, any kind of equality. That you ask God forbid. Any oh my goodness, heaven forbid, heaven forbid you want to see yourself on a big screen. Oh my goodness, the world might mm. implode. That's a selfish book. Why? Why <laughs> would I want to see myself? No. So, yeah, it's definitely a skill that I think, you know, coming from a working class, like, people environment, I know how to interact with people to hopefully try and get them to the same level, yeah. you know, and, and have that nice conversation. Yeah, and that's perfect, isn't it? Because, you know, you're, you're, you're tying all of your skills together mm. and putting yeah. them in a place that's it, it's really needed. Yeah. And so I have this question that I ask and it oh. is, and it's, it's kind of twofold, right? So I always ask, do you have a piece of advice for either the younger version of yourself yeah. or a person with the same disability as you? Now, most people tend to actually answer both because they're two different, like they're two different questions. So mm-hmm. like, feel free to answer both because I'm intrigued by both of the answers. <laughs> Well, I would say, yeah, it kind of this piece of advice kind of covers both, but I'll say 
to my younger self, I think. Um, and this is something that I'm really starting to regret as I get to my 30s. And it's like, stop trying to make people feel comfortable. That is my number one, like, worst trait. But I, I don't think it's my fault either because mm-hmm. people, you know, I'm, I'm guessing you might get this a lot as well, where people just don't know what to do around you. So they're, like, flailing and, and you know, like, they're being really awkward. So... I would use like 120% energy to like make them feel comfortable, prove that I'm a-okay and I'm happy and I'm fine. But actually like, so what if I'm having a bad day and they see that a disabled person's just average? Like you don't have to be exceptional. This, exactly. Oh my goodness. This, exactly. Whoever's editing this needs to like do a massive little quote box of this because that's just so bang on. Thank you. I mean, I just wish I could tell myself that because it got to the point when it was just, I think it was the start of lockdown when we weren't going out anymore, obviously, and we were like at home. And I genuinely went down into a slump and I realised that I'd got like, go, 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 go for years and like perform to everybody every day to show that I'm I'm doing great and I'm doing all these amazing things and I could just be at home and not do that anymore. And I was like, God, I need to stop using all this mental energy on stuff that, like, who cares if the taxi driver feels sorry for me? Does it matter? Does it actually matter? Yeah. And it's that's so, so bang on because I think a lot of disabled people feel the need to perform in terms of, wanting the rest of the world to see that they're doing great things or that they're actually like quote unquote fine when actually Mm. it might be a bloody awful day Mm. the idea that I think the idea of pity with being disabled is that you never want to look at someone and then see you having a bad day yeah automatically go it's because they're disabled exactly like actually it's just a bit of a shit day yeah like I could be having a bad air day I could be having an argument with someone I could be you know there's so many things that yeah could be impacting my day but I wasn't even allowing those things to be processed in my brain because I'm not allowed to have a bad day because I'm showing everyone that I am fine and it's an absolute like mind f like you can't so you said you could swear on it I feel a bit nice swearing on the podcast <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's what I would say. Yeah. Oh, and I love that because I think a lot of people, like that really resonated with me. So I know for a fact it will resonate with a lot of other disabled people as well. Because I so. as I said, I think, you know, there is a very big societal pressure for disabled people to perform. Yeah. Um, and whether people are aware of it or not, once you kind of delve into the world of disability, you, you kind of mm. realise how how society puts that pressure on disabled people. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, and just uh, for any non-disabled people who might be listening, that's not on us either. Like, that's not our fault that we've had to do that because we've been treated, let's, let's be honest, sometimes badly that we, we it's a, a form of protection yeah. because we think, well, you know, they, they won't pity me, they won't pat me on the head or they won't give me that oh, look if I just smile yeah. and say that I've got a degree and, and I've done amazing and I'm now I'm going to like do three jobs at once, you know, like chill, just chill. Yeah. It's okay. 
Oh, and I like, and I love that. And I think that's like the most perfect piece of advice for, for anyone. Cause I think it's, it's so translatable across the board with that though. Do you have a, a oh God, that was horrendous English. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Go on. Do you have a specific set of questions or one question that you find most annoying that people can ask you about your disability? So to give context, mine is either did a shark bite your arm off or what happened? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't get the shark one, but I get the what happened. I'd love to say a shark just to... Really, really like massive yeah. Like there was this one time, and I was in the ocean. And, you know. I was watching Jaws, and you know, came um, on the TV. <laughs> yeah, um, I would say, honestly, the most intrusive question is either about sex or toilet. That they're the main two. But I, I, do you know what though? Let's just let's be honest. Let's be real. If I tell you I've broken three hundred bones in my life. I get it. I understand in a warped world, if you're going to be thinking about brittle bones and whatever, you, you might have that in your head. In your head, you might think, you oh, I wonder how that works. But you would never say it. And you know what's so interesting is that you're not the first person to have told me that on this podcast. Really? Yeah. And it's not the first time that people... So one of the first episodes I ever did with a guy called Dom Smith, incredible guy, if you listen to this storm, I absolutely love you. Um, and in in his life, he has always been asked, what happened to your legs? Because he's got cerebral palsy. So he's, he'll naturally admit that he's a very shaky guy. Right. And the second question that he always gets asked is, does it work? And he's like, does what work? Like, can I clap my hands? Yes, I can. But what did you mean? <laughs> you can't, if you can't ask the question properly, then it's not a valid question. That's yes. another, like, like you, you, oh, it's so annoying. But it's funny that, like, it's not the first time, like, because mm. people seem to be so intrigued with the ins and outs of it. And again, yeah. this is coming back to the whole disabilities entertainment thing. Mm. It's almost that, like, well, can you explain to me how, why? It's morbid curiosity, fascination, and almost like some form of entertainment. Yeah. All up into one big ball of, ugh. Yeah, but also, like, I don't understand, you know, I'm a young woman. Would you ever, I mean, there's some men out there that would, but, like, you know, talking to a young woman about sex, like, that's such a, like, a vulnerable conversation that, like, you know, who wants to be doing that in the street? I don't know. It just winds me up. And, you know, with my friends, we'll talk about it. Great, but... Yeah, like, if you're not on the friends list, you're not getting entry to this conversation. Eggs. Oh, can you just, like, sound like that? And I'll just, like, play it to the people who ask. <laughs> do you know what? I'll get, I'll get the editor to, to do it for me. If we could sound like that, that'd be amazing. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> and I've got one last question for you, Gem. And I feel mm-hmm. like I know the answer to this question already. I ask it to everybody. And that is, can you say that you are disabled and proud? Yes, I absolutely can. Yay! <laughs> oh, can I actually? Do you want me to say it? If you want, like oh. I just want to know if you were. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yes, I am very much disabled and proud. Oh, amazing! Thank you so much for being on today and giving your time. And I've I've genuinely absolutely loved this conversation because I think a lot of things have rung true between the two of us, and I think that's going to resonate with a lot of people, particularly around about our age as well. I yeah. think it would be amazing for them to hear. So, thank you so much for giving up your time and coming on. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it.
Oh, thanks so much. We'll speak to you soon. Speak to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Disabled and Proud. If you've enjoyed the show, then please give it some love by leaving us a five-star review wherever you download your podcasts. It really helps us to reach more and more people each week. Plus, if you've got a particular highlight, then I'd absolutely love to hear it. Tag me on your Insta stories at Disabled and Proud Podcast.